This is Soul Saturations, the podcast, a transformational container to activate the light within you. I'm Kendall Merritt, your host and the founder of Soul Saturations. We are here to deeply connect with soul-centered sensuality and sexuality in relationships, business, and life so you can access your power and remember your true presence. Welcome back to another episode of Soul Saturations, the podcast. Today we have an amazing guest that I'm so excited to introduce you to. And before we get started, I always like to tune into the present moment and kind of connect with the energy within you and around you. So if you are able, please take a moment to close your eyes and just bring some awareness to your breath, to the energy flowing through you to the energy flowing around you and give so much gratitude for the ability to be here now. As you connect with your breath, start to focus your awareness on just being here and what are the feelings and sensations that are coming up for you. As we tune into the energy of the container, if you work with your guides, your team, your angels, now is the time to call on them. And we ask to just clear out any energy that is no longer serving us and is not of the highest at this time. We ask to be the highest level of truth, love, and compassion at this time so that we can bring down epic transformation today. And we do this with so much love and so much gratitude. And when you feel ready, you can open your eyes and welcome into our space. Hello. So today we have an amazing guest with us. I'm so excited. We have so many amazing things to talk about. Today we have Dr. Zen. So my friend Alicia is a fellow mentor of mine with the Foundress, and we do so many amazing things in the same community of the beautiful entrepreneurs of women that we have here in Phoenix, Arizona and Scottsdale. And so without further ado, I would love to introduce you all to Alicia, also known as Dr. Zen. Please, please, please send so much love your way. Thanks for joining us today. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. What a great intro. And I love that you take a moment. Like, I feel like we don't do that enough in our everyday and I'm constantly preaching it, but sometimes even I forget. So I appreciated that. Thank you. I love that. I, it's definitely something that I have to remind myself to where I'm like, take a, take some time. All you need is 30 seconds to breathe. And then I'm like, oh, fuck, I haven't taken a breath in like a few hours. So. <laughs> I know. Or you're like sitting at the computer and you're like, why are my shoulders like next to my ears? Like what is going on? So much. Awesome. I love that. Well, let's dive right in. I would love for you to share a little bit about your mission and how you show up and how you shine your light in the world. Perfect. So I'm Dr. Zen. So I'm a naturopathic doctor in Scottsdale, Arizona. I have my own private practice, NMD Wellness of Scottsdale, and I really focus on women's medicine. So um, I think for a while, hormones were really talked about only in menopause. And now we're kind of in this new age about let's talk about hormones beforehand. Let's talk about fertility, preconception, birth control, you know, a lot of us have been on birth control for God knows how long. And we're now turning around going, hey, is that the right option for me? Or where should I be going? And so 
I am so, so humbled and fortunate to get to work with such amazing women who are just in so many different journeys of their life. And that's really what lights me up every single day. I am a really big believer in the importance of putting yourself back into the driver's seat of your own health, really having that education. I know now with the internet, we have, you know, Google MD and all these amazing things to get things started, but then it can be quickly a rabbit hole or we don't know where to start and we don't know what to ask. So I really help patients kind of have that approach to their health where they feel like, okay, I know where I am. I know where I'm going um, and I know how to get there. So that's kind of what I do. I see patients in the office through telemedicine. And those are kind of the two main things. I do blogs and Instagram and all those fun things um, because sometimes just having a conversation is important. And I think when it comes to fertility specifically, it's really this focus on infertility instead of fertility. So I really want patients to take more of that proactive approach, but also feel heard and seen if they're struggling. Because so often we as women think that it's always our fault. Um, if we're not getting pregnant, it's because of us. And we don't like to share all of these moments. I think now social media has helped more women be open about what's going on, but it's still very taboo. And I know you talk about a lot of things that, you know, are sometimes taboo. So I'm really excited to kind of, you know, start the conversation and really hopefully just help one person. That's always my goal is how can we help just one person? Oh, I love that. If we can help one person, that one person ripples out to somebody else and somebody yeah. else and somebody else. Of course, it just brings all the energy around. Um, what a powerful mission. I love that you are really working on that proactive approach, giving people a roadmap because I've had quite the journey with my own sexuality, my, my physical health, my sexual health, all those things. And as you said, some of it is kind of taboo. You're like, oh, I'm not sure if I really should talk about this. And to be able to give people a space to have a conversation and really take that control of their lives is a beautiful, beautiful mission. So um, I know that fertility is something that you are super passionate about. And I love that it's not infertility. It's like, okay, let's talk about fertility. Can you explain and dive into that a little bit more? Yeah, so I really started actually when I had one patient come into my office and she had gone, she was about, I think she was like 28. She was like about my age. She had recently gotten married and she wanted to start a family. She was like most of us, she had been on birth control forever um, and just said, okay, well, do I just stop birth control and then will it just happen? Um, and she tried month after month, it wasn't happening. She went to her OBGYN, she was like, hey, I, you know, we're trying to have a baby. It's not working. Like, what should I do? And her OBGYN kind of shut her down really fast and said, you're under 35. So just don't worry about it. It's going to happen. Um, and then come back to me if it's not working. Um, and that was really something that she felt totally in like had no power. She was like, okay, well, I guess I'm not supposed to do anything. And two years later, she was still not pregnant. And at that point she came to see me in my office and for me, that really changed my perspective of how women were being treated in the medical system. It was never the fault of a doctor or, you know, it's really kind of the healthcare system, unfortunately, is insurance runs a lot of the way that medicine is practiced. So a doctor has, you know, eight to 10 minutes to see you. There was a study that said, like, you get less than a minute worth of words out before your doctor interrupts you. Like, it's just not the place or the area where you get that open conversation. So I really wanted to focus on how can we do that. Um, and then also, 
you know, I noticed patient after patient, things that we could have fixed way beforehand instead of waiting for them to struggle. I mean, what's crazy is in the traditional model right now, you have to go through three miscarriages, two to three, before they send you to a reproductive endocrinologist or a specialist, which blows my mind. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So uh, that just blew my mind. That's insane. yeah. Oh. Yeah. So just to go through one miscarriage is traumatizing on its own, but then to be told it's probably just a fluke, like just try again. And then another one happens and then they're like, Oh, that's probably a fluke too. Like I can't even imagine what some of these women are going through. So I really wanted to say, okay, we have to focus on what can we do beforehand? And I think what's been really valuable is I try to keep natural medicine as modern as possible. There's so many great tools. We can do telemedicine. We can have, you know, um, different kits or lab work sent to your home. Like you can do so much and we can get so much information beforehand, even just doing ovulation predictor kits. So ovulation predictor kits for people who don't know, and um, they're also called OPKs. They are found at pretty much every like Walgreens, CVS, Amazon has it. So obviously it's everywhere. Um, and it's in the same aisle typically as your home pregnancy test. And what it looks for is markers for ovulation. So let's say you get off of birth control, but maybe you're not ready to try yet, or maybe you want to know, am I ovulating or not? Because unlike our typical health class um, in high school, which most of us remember it being very similar to like Mean Girls, where like they pretty much told you just the thought of sex would get you pregnant and now you're in your late 20s and you're like, okay, that's not true. Uh, so the ovulation predictor kits can be something you can use at home to kind of see, are you ovulating? And you can have it put in your app. So I feel like there's so many powerful things we can do today that can make such a big difference about noticing things before things are kind of going in the wrong direction. Yeah, I think that that's so important. And the traditional model for uh, the medical system. I mean, I, I don't even want to call it wellness because it's really like, it takes a different perspective. So the work that you do, my partner is a physical therapist and he's used to seeing people like when they're hurt, but he's like, let's actually flip this around and take care of you and build up your movement capabilities before that happens so that you can really be proactive. I just think, you know, that's why he's not in a traditional insurance-based model because you have so many things to be able to offer. And so the fact that you can show up and do that, um, I think that it's amazing that you can do all those things. So I want to dive in because as you know, I am going through my own journey of coming off of birth control. So this has been something I've been thinking about um, for a couple of years now. And I have been on the Mirena IUD, so the hormonal IUD, since I was 16 years old. And so I'm now 31, and my body has never not been on birth control. And this is a huge topic, and especially in the space that I'm in when we talk sacred sexuality and blood magic and rituals that we can do by really honoring, which I'll save that for a whole nother episode because there's a lot to go into that too. Um, <laughs> but just getting in touch with our natural cycles. So as I have made the choice to have my IUD out, everybody's like, oh, are you going to try? Are you and Matt going to have babies? We're not there yet. We're definitely <laughs> yeah. not there yet. I'm like, no, that's absolutely not it. So can we talk a little bit about that journey of if you don't want to be on birth control, how do you really take control and be proactive? And some of the things that you do, um, if you don't want to be on birth control, but you are also not ready to 
intentionally start the process to have babies. Yes, I'm so glad you brought this up because first off, you are so not alone. Like all day, I see patients who say the same things. I think we're all in that space. Um, and I think that's what's been so valuable about, about being in the same age demographic as my patients is I get it. I understand I've had the same kind of thoughts and experiences and things like that. And so I think, you know, getting off of birth control, I think used to be very like, oh, that's only when you want to get pregnant. Where now we're noticing like, wait a second, like being on birth control, we, a lot of us had no idea what our cycles really look like. So I think, you know, taking the time when you remove an IUD, especially if it's been in for a while, um, or you've had it, you know, since you were 15 or 16, it does take a couple of months for your hormones to start to regulate. I think the biggest thing you can do, and I think this is probably something you practice with your clients as well is be intuitive with your body. Listen to it. It is constantly telling you so much about your health. Whenever I see patients for acne or, you know, rashes or things, I'm like, your skin is an indicator or a mirror of what's going on internally. And the same thing is true with your cycle. How long is it? How many days is your period? Do you have cramping beforehand? Getting that information can be really helpful. And there's a ton of apps that can be helpful. Of course, you can just like write it down if you choose. But being the millennials that we are, typically most of us have some kind of app. Um, I do really like, you know, you can choose any kind of app. I say there's one that I specifically like called Premom, even if it's not used to get pregnant. Um, I like it because you can actually share the code with your provider. And so let's say you're like, hey, I've been noticing these different things. I've been tracking it for the last couple months. Here's my information. Your provider can log into the information and see your cycles. And so that gives them a lot of information. So the more information you get about yourself and being intuitive with yourself is number one. The other thing that's important is start to realize that your body's actually giving you cues about ovulation um, all the time. So we have changes in vaginal just discharge. So start to notice, are you noticing that all of a sudden it's turning into like a sticky cut, like sticky or like clear color? Um, that's when you're kind of approaching that ovulation. So you can start to take those different steps to kind of get to know yourself. Um, and then back to those ovulation predictor kits. They're awesome for patients who want to get pregnant, but they're also really helpful for patients who don't want to get pregnant. And the way that you use them, and we have a fertility quick start guide, so anyone can download it. It's totally free, kind of explains how to do it. Um, um, but it's really simple. You take just a urine sample once a day. Usually I say starting around like a couple of days after your period because everyone can ovulate a little bit differently. And you do it until you get a positive reading. So the positive reading is looking for a hormone known as a luteinizing hormone. And that's a message from the brain telling your ovaries to ovulate. So usually that day and the following day, you're most fertile. So if you're trying not to get pregnant, do not have sex on those two days. If you are trying to get pregnant, have sex on those two days. Um, but it's also important to know you can do that for like one to two months. By then you have an idea of, okay, I ovulate around the same day. I wouldn't say do it all on one month or re rely on information from one month just because you can ovulate from one side or the other and it may vary a little. But then moving forward, you can kind of just use it on that day. Say, hey, I looked at my app. It's cycle day 15. Maybe I should just check and see to make sure that everything looks good. Or did I get that positive reading? And then you can decide, you know, have sex, not have sex, but you have that kind of control. So I think that's been really valuable and something that's easy to do. Um, the other reason I like the pre-mom is because you can actually keep track of your ovulation based on the app. So everything's in there. Um, so that can be an easy way to kind of 
help protect yourself if you don't want to get pregnant. Um, the other thing I like to re remind patients is that the egg gets released and it will last for 24 hours, but sperm can stay in the vaginal tract for up to five days. So keeping that kind of like daytime time. So I always say, okay, if you know you're ovulating, you know, on a certain amount of days, that you're going to focus on those 24 hour window. But I would also kind of worry about the two days before and the two days after kind of just like getting that window. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, I'm glad that you brought that up because my partner and I talk about it all the time. He's like, you know, sperm can live for five days. Once yeah. So like, it doesn't matter if you're ovulating, like it's all those things that we have to be aware of. And yeah. we'll definitely put a link, um, to your, for what did you call it? Your fertility guide quick. Yeah. Quick start guide. Yeah. Quick start guide. Yeah. We'll put that link in the show notes. So if anybody wants to download it, that would be a great option. Um, I love, I love what you say about absolutely being intuitive. Our body tells us so much information. And I think that's, um, you know, that's something that I've absolutely always been practicing, but even now, because we haven't been traveling, because we haven't had all these things, especially after my corporate world, I traveled so much, but this year has really been a beautiful gift for me personally of just tuning in and being so much more intuitive with my body. Like when I'm tired and I want to sleep in, like giving myself that space to be able to do that. I feel like my body is just so much more productive and feels energized and inspired and ready to go when I'm listening to those small cues. Um, so tell me, one of the things that is really interesting to me that I've been kind of starting to dig into a little bit is the difference in our bodies between men and women. So we as women are so cyclical and men don't have quite the same anatomy. So can we talk a little bit about what those differences are and how that could maybe affect the differences between men and women? Yes. Oh my gosh, this is so good. I always like to tell, you know, patients, you know, we always talk about how like men are from Mars and women are from Venus, right? In a way, it's kind of true. So one thing that's really interesting is that this idea of women being different from men is actually relatively new. Um, this is something that's really in medicine, something that we're still kind of learning. I mean, even in the 1990s, um, Ambien was a big medication. It still is a big medication. And studies were done only on men. And so dosing was based only on men. It wasn't until like 20 years after uh, everyone was taking Ambien that we realized, oh wait, women don't metabolize Ambien in the same way as men. And so dosing needed to be varied based on them. So we started to realize, okay, in medicine, women aren't just little men and we need to kind of take that into consideration. So I think it's a very new field and I think it's really interesting to see our hormones are changing throughout our month. The way that we feel attracted to our partner also changes. Um, and I think that's something that we also need to not feel guilty about and we need to just, again, be cognizant of where we feel our best um, and be okay that there are times that we're going to feel more tired. There's going to be times that we feel more sexy and that's okay. And having that relationship and also those conversations with your significant other, it's not like a porn movie where, you know, like you're going to be perfectly happy all the time and everything's going to go well. And you just have to be intuitive to your body. And I think that's, that's really important to understand that your hormones change. The other thing that's interesting is um, with patients who are on birth control, Maybe they've been on it forever and they're like, you know what? I've never actually been into sex that much. And often it's because 
birth control is actually suppressing your hormones. That is also affecting your sex drive. So if you're noticing that you're like, oh, my libido is really bad, another medication that also causes um, decreased libido that's commonly prescribed is any kind of antidepressant or SSRI. So a, a simple one is Lexapro. A lot of patients will say, oh my gosh, I like to have no more sex drive. So understanding that hormones, medications that we take, our environment, all of this plays a big role in how we feel and how we need to connect with our partners. So it can be, you know, it can be hard for a lot of patients to really start to listen to ourselves. I think, you know, also when it comes to birth control, many women were put on birth control for non-sexual reasons. So not for contraceptive reasons, for acne, for, you know, heavy periods or things like that. So getting off birth control can be a little bit challenging for certain patients because they feel like birth control fixed their problem. And then when they get off, they're like, everything came back. And it's like, well, birth control really just masked the symptoms. It slowed everything down, but it didn't really fix the problem. And that's why I'm a really big advocate for, you know, getting to the root cause, finding out what's going on because everyone's so different. Yeah. I love that. That's so interesting. You know, intuitively, of course, men and women are so different, but to think about, again, going back to that traditional medicine uh, perspective, it, it, the fact that it's so new, you know, the 1990s wasn't that long ago. Like, I know. crazy. I'm like, oh, yeah. I know what the 1990s, the 90s were great. I wore yeah. like and all the cool things like I know but that's what's that's what I think is so astonishing like we think it's way in the past or that we've grown so much like modern medicine has grown and in certain areas it has it's been like innovative and breakthrough in so many different ways but in other ways it's still really old school and so we have to understand that model and also be an advocate for our own health and say, hey, I, you know, am interested in this or I would like to know more about this. And sometimes I can kind of catch your doctor kind of off guard because they're so used to like, I'm going to spit out the facts. This is how it's going to go. And I'm going to go to my next patient. But if you're prepared beforehand, write down your questions and, and have a moment with your provider. If you feel like you're not getting really a conversation out there and you feel just talked to, maybe it's time to kind of switch it up and, and talk to someone else or find another provider. Yeah, I love that. Because when we can really be in a space that we feel comfortable, we get so much more information. And I think especially when it comes to our health, that is so important. And um, I love being able to have that kind of relationship where you can feel really comfortable and pick up the phone and not be embarrassed and not feel like you're, you have something to hide that you need to be sneaky about. Like there's none of those things when you can create a safe space. And so I think that's really important work that you do. Um, so I want to kind of dive back in. You talked about a little bit about decreased libido and how birth control can affect that and other things in life. But libido is one of those things that we talk about a lot when I talk about sex and relationships. It's like, okay, what if you have mismatched libido? Where does that come from? What does that look like? So one of the things that I work with people a lot on is helping them really break down their perspective of physical intimacy of their sexual intercourse, what that looks like, what their past has been to start to remove some of those blocks, because a lot of it can be emotional and energetic and past experience. And then when you add in the hormones and the natural cycles, and then you have two human beings that are living two very different schedules, you have two very different things. I think there's a lot that goes into 
libido and helping to support that if that is something that you desire. So um, what's your perspective on libido and where that all comes from and how do we support that as a foundation for people in their lives? So good. So first, I think it's really important that we talk about it more. I think it's still something very taboo. So first thing is talking about it, knowing that you're not alone if you're going through a cycle in your life where you feel like your libido has changed. This is normal. This is things that can be talked about. I think that's really important. I think it's also important to know that when it comes to libido, there can be so many different causes. And a lot of my patients, I always put it on my intake form and always ask them like, how's your libido? And they're so much more willing to like just check a box than actually physically like come to me and say, hey, my libido sucks. Like they're, you know, so it's a way to kind of talk about it without having to feel like you have to come out and say it at the beginning. So I think that's been really helpful is, you know, talking about it. But then it's what does your intimacy look like? What is going on in your life? You know, yes, there can be a hormonal issue. Yes, it can be a medication. But sometimes too, is sex painful? Because for a lot of women, if sex is painful, their libido is going to go down. It's, it's natural for your body to avoid things that are painful. So understanding is there vaginal dryness? Is there pain with intercourse? Is there, you know, an emotional concern or a burden that's been in your past that is making it hard to be close to people around you, whether it's sex or other things, um, libido can look different for different people. So I think that would be the, the biggest, you know, misnomer is that everything's the same and every patient should be treated the same. It's so not true. And I think that's why I always talk about you know, a lot of doctors look at their patients from the neck down and say mental health is totally different, it has nothing to do with what I do every day. And I totally think the opposite. And having patients have good support system like you as a resource, because sometimes there's only so much that I can do in my hour visit, which is a lot longer than your seven to eight minutes, but there's only so much I can do within my visit. Sometimes the work is actually done. The hardest work is done outside of my visit. So I think that that is something that's important and something that patients will often come in and say, you know, actually libido is my biggest issue, but I didn't think it was that big of a deal because it's not life-threatening. So I didn't know who to talk to. And, and that's another thing that I want people to know that, your libido is important. How you connect with people is important. When you like have intercourse or if you are just hugging someone or kissing someone, you're releasing hormones that help with mood regulation. So not having that physical touch, that connection. I think it's something during COVID we've become a little bit more aware of where human connection really does matter to us. I think before, maybe many of us, even myself, I think I took it for granted a little bit. And then when you're put in this situation where every interaction matters, you have a new perspective. And I think it's been very eye-opening for a lot of us. And I hope that we continue to remember what that looked like, what it was like to not have that. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, the one thing that 2020 has definitely given us is that beautiful gift of contrast. Like, yeah. wow, I love being around people. I love hugging people. I like, I am a total toucher in many, many different ways. It's definitely my number one love language. But I love that point of like, first of all, it's okay to just talk about it. And I think that, that that's part of the reason why I created this podcast was because it's something that is not always the easiest conversation to have. And people aren't super comfortable saying, 
my sex drive is shit. Like, I don't know what's going on. And so to be able to create a space for people to listen, learn and say, okay, we can start to normalize this conversation. It's okay to start to have these conversations. Um, but also honoring the fact that we go through seasons as human beings, we go through different seasons in our life when our libido may be really high and we want to have sex all the time. And it's something that's really fun and inspiring. And then there's other times where you're like, it's not the, it's not the number one priority in my life. And so to look at honoring where you're at, but also say, okay, what do I want it to be? What do you have? What are those desires? And I do believe that there's so many things that come from having a healthy libido, prioritizing our sexuality in our lives. As you say, it helps with mood regulation. Those hormones that are being released, like when we feel good and we're inspired and we feel creative, that affects our business and how we show up and how we interact with friends and family and all those things. And so it is an important conversation to be had. So obviously I get really passionate about that. Um, but being able to create the space to say sex isn't a dirty word. It's okay to actually have those conversations and dive into that. So I think that that's so important. So I want to dive in and talk a little bit more. So we've been talking a lot about how sex is kind of taboo. They're like having these conversations isn't really safe or comfortable for sometimes a lot of people. So when you think about the perspective of sex and sexuality and having these conversations, what is it that you think makes it so taboo in society even today? Ooh, I think there's a lot of components to this. I think there's a shame uh, involved with not being perfect per se, um, or that yeah, I think a lot of it comes from shame or from our ideas of what sex or relationships should look like. I mean, even if you take Disney, for example, there are certain things that we assume relationships should look like, and they just don't. Um, and there's ebbs and flows, and that right now in the world that we live in where everything is instantaneous, I mean, we want something, we order it on Amazon, it comes in two days, like, we're constantly evolving in this constant, like take and reject, take and reject. And I think that we have lost a little bit of that, that connection with people, things, what we need to do to change. Um, we're willing to just let go. And so I think it's important to, to take a step back and, and, and take time to also be present. I think this is something that we're all struggling with, but, you know, whether it's our phone, our Apple watch, like we have constant things that are buzzing and, and getting our attention and all of these things. And I think in relationships, you know, even in my own, I have to sometimes be like, Hey, we need to put our phones down. Like we're in the same room or we're watching the same show, but then you look over and you're like, we're not in the same room, even like we're in different places in our life. And so I think just being cognizant, taking time. And I tell patients all the time, you plan a wedding in you know six months, a year, and then you hope and wish on a star that you will get pregnant right away. And the truth is, is we need to plan just like we would anything in our life. And the same is true with connection and time. It's something, even in friendships, I think is something that over COVID I've really realized to value that time with those people and making it a priority in your life. Because I think this mentality of grind, grind, grind doesn't always make for the best professional for the best person. I really do think that 
taking your time to be creative. Like I love that you, you know, talk about creativity and the importance of it because I feel like in medicine, it was very taught, you know, like just medicine, like don't worry about anything else. And then opening a business, I've learned like, wow, there's so many other aspects that I now have to put my hat on for, you know, marketing or Instagram or whatever that looks like. And I've actually learned to enjoy that creativity or that change. And I think the same is true in relationships. It's important to understand that you're both growing. Um, something that one of my really good friends, I'm getting married actually this weekend. And yeah, and one of my really good friends, she's been married for a really long time. And she said, you know, it's always important to remember that you're both human beings. You're two separate people and you'll always grow. And so you can expect for you to have this personal development or this growth and this other person to have it at the same time as you or to change in the same way as you or to be the same person that they were when they married you on your wedding day. Like you need to be open to change and transformation and understand that their priorities may change. Your priorities are probably changing too. And so having less structure and more of this flexibility with yourself and with those around you and being cognizant that everyone is going through things differently and even COVID we have all experienced it and are taking it in very differently you know businesses are opening businesses are closing you know relationships are changing like so much is going on and it's okay to have that difference um, and honor those people around you I think that's really important oh you're speaking my language um, <laughs> I, I think you know being present is such a powerful thing and like being present and having presence is something that I'm really passionate about. It's like, okay, you can have a presence with somebody and like to be able to be fully present in the moment is so important. But I love that idea of growth and as partnerships, as relationships, like if you're looking at this as a life partner, if that's the thing that you desire, of course you're going to grow together. I mean, Matt and I have been together for two years, a little over two years, and it's, he and I were definitely not the same person that we were when we first started dating, but we do have the same foundations to stand on. So those yeah. values are so important because that has given us again, that foundation to stand on of I've started two businesses since we've started dating and he's taken his business to his, his own practice to the next level. And, you know, as you look long-term, you know, that's the beautiful part about partnership is you have somebody when you're going through that deeper work to be able to say, I just need a hug. Can you just like wrap your arms yeah. around me, give me a hug, be present with me in the moment. But it does take that intentionality for us to put some systems and processes in place because if we don't prioritize our relationships and those, especially our physical intimacy too, if we're not prioritizing that, it's really easy for that to fall by the wayside and kind of start to not be the number one thing on the priority list, but it's also okay if those priorities change. So it's okay if you're focusing on building a business. It's okay if you have a new baby and you're parenting and spending all your time in that space too. So just being able to honor that as, as a foundation is really beautiful. Totally. I think too, it's putting it in your calendar. I know it sounds lame or like it takes the sexy out of it, but put it in your damn schedule. Like I talk about it with food, with like meditation, all of these things. It's hard for any of us to, at the end of the day, we're like, wow, those are all the things I didn't do. And we like feel bad for ourselves. 
for not doing those things or not being present for every little thing, but we also didn't intentionally put it in our planner ahead of time. And yeah, it may not happen, but to there's something about putting it down that mm -hmm. makes it possible. And that's all that matters. So much, I love that. So when I work with people to help block out and plan their weeks, that's the first thing we put on the calendar is like, okay, when are you going to have sex? Yes. Put it on the fucking calendar. Um, <laughs> I like to call it scheduling uninterrupted intimacy time and especially understanding women and women's bodies and honoring the fact that it takes us a long time. It takes us up to 45 minutes to really open to our fullest pleasure potential. You wonder why most people struggle. Most women, I'm using that term loosely, struggle with sex is because the sex they're having is probably only lasting five minutes and they're probably not ready for penetrative pleasure anyway. So like to really have those conversations and honor that perspective that it may take an hour or two hours for you to really deeply connect, put it on the calendar first, put on your meditation time, your self-pleasure time. I have to put lunch on my calendar. Otherwise so I, do I don't eat. It's a problem. Oh, um, me too. So I think prioritizing that is so important because then when you can take care of yourself first, everything else will be that much more productive and that much more in flow. Oh my gosh, totally. I tell all new moms, like I love working, I do a lot of postpartum care um, and it's so fun because unfortunately in our system right now, it's you have your postpartum appointment six weeks after you have a baby and that's kind of it. They're like, all right, well, go be a mom, like figure it out. And a lot of moms are like, oh my gosh, whether it's their first, second or third baby, life changes, so much happens. And so, you know, making that time and, you know, having that intimacy conversation after having a baby, that's another big one where you feel like your body has changed and you may not feel comfortable, but having those relationships, I think the number one thing is communication, whether it's with your provider, with your, with your significant other and saying, this is where I'm at. This is where my head's at. I think that can help so much because you may be thinking that they're expecting something or they're expecting you to do it a certain way or whatever that looks like. Um, and just being open and saying, Hey, I like this. I don't like this. Or, you know, this is where I am in my life right now. There's a lot going on. I think that can play a big role too. And, and understanding that we have a role in our life and we need to be back in that driver's seat. And sometimes it's not perfect and it's okay. It can be kind of rocky at the beginning, but just putting effort makes all the difference. And I know I have a lot of moms, especially who say, like just the idea of sex, like tires them out. Like they are exhausted at the end of the day, right? So how can we really work on providing that time? Again, that calendar is gonna be huge. Getting a babysitter once in a while, making it a priority with your husband because yes, it's a little bit of money here and there, but it can make such a big difference in the way that you communicate with your partner. I mean, it's worth every penny. Um, and making that time and putting it as a priority when you do your budget, whatever that looks like. And I know that sounds crazy to be like, okay, I need a babysitter so me and my husband can have time alone, but it's so important. So, and that comes, you know, with kids, not kids, make it a priority, make it special, make it fun. Um, and sometimes it, you might drag your feet at the beginning, but just getting yourself out there. A lot of people, you know, just like dating your husband, like it's important to continue dating at the beginning. You're like, I could do a million things right now. I have so much to do, but just mm -hmm. getting out there, whether it's downstairs in your living room 
or if it's going out to a restaurant, but just making that time, I think makes a difference too. Yeah, I love that. One of the things that I like to leave people with on that idea is instead of saying, you mean I have to have sex or I have to do it at that time, shifting the simple verbiage of I get to. It can be right. something that you get to look forward to. And, you know, how special that you are making that investment in your relationship and in your intimacy and your partnership and being able to know that that investment is going to allow both of you to show up to the best of your ability. So I think that that's just so amazing. I love that. Um, well, I want to honor time here. Um, I have one more. So I know you said you're getting married this weekend. So yeah, can you share a little bit about your relationship and what, because you've been together for quite a while from my understanding. So what did some of those seasons look like kind of from a high level of really like what have you had to go through to get to this place of okay we're ready to like fully commit and move forward what are some of those things that you hold on to as your foundations in your partnership yes well thank you yes we're getting married on saturday which is exciting but it hasn't rained in phoenix or in arizona like for god knows how long and then this weekend it's supposed to rain so we'll see what happens but at this point it's just like it is what it is but um yeah so garrick and i have been together six years We've been engaged for two and a half years. Um, and we met in college. Um, in he was my physics lab partner and I was his partner. And Aww. we were in very different places in our lives and we were just good friends. And then we kind of went our separate ways. We never dated at that point. Um, and then he went off to dental school. I went off to medical school and we ran into each other um, and we started to talk again. And it was kind of the perfect understanding of it was so nice to be with someone who understood the work that I was doing going to medical school is really hard and it also takes up a lot of your time and so it helped me kind of adjust and understand what was important to me how to manage my time and so that was really helpful for me so we had to go through you know finishing dental school finishing medical school you know he started in a practice and how you know moving from student to now physician or, you know, dentist was hard and it was a hard transition for all of us. And then, you know, being responsible for this whole process of having patients and having to think about them all the time. I think it was, it was definitely challenging, but also really helpful to see, you know, our growth. And then also we took our time. We just enjoyed our relationship and we didn't really look at time as an issue or, you know, we had to do it in a certain way or a certain time. We kind of did it based on what we felt was right. And I think that's important because there's no cookie cutter, like time, amount of time you could be together a month, two months, you could be together years. It doesn't change anything. It's really about connecting with your partner. And I think something that I strive to do, and I think we both do a a pretty good job of is being excited for the other person. It has nothing to do with yourself. And I think that is super powerful and sexy. It's making that person your one and only, your priority, that them deciding, like for me, I decided to leave the practice that I was in and open a practice. And I had no idea what I was doing, like none. I had never owned a business. I had no idea. And somehow I was able to pull it all together and was starting to see patients even like two weeks after 
I had left my other practice. Like I grinded it out and made it happen, but I honestly couldn't have done it without his support and him telling me, you can do it. You can do anything. And having that also financially, knowing that you have each other's back, I think, and having even a conversation about, you know, finances. I know this is like kind of off topic, but it's, it's really not because it's something that, that people don't talk about enough is your relationship to money, your, you know, your, what you value money as. I think, you know, getting married, we, you know, the idea of having to put funds together and like, you know, put your accounts together, I think is something that still is very taboo. No one talks about it. They're like, yeah, we just figured it out. And, you know, I grew up in a family that, you know, we always talked about money or it was, we had a financial advisor who was always, my mom would bring us as kids to the appointments so that we had a good relationship to money. And I think so often in relationships, a lot of the sex or the other intimacy things stop because of actually financial concerns or, or lack of communication in those things. So it was something that we really talked about from the beginning. And it was, you know, a big reason why we decided to do a prenup. And for some people, they might go, oh my gosh, that's like, you know, ending your relationship or seeing an end or all of these things. And honestly, I feel like we did like so much therapy in the last couple of months, just having to go through the legal aspect of it to have, you know, all of these questions we did, like we had a big checklist and we had to kind of talk about all of these things that we may have never talked about if we didn't have this kind of training. So I think it's been, it's been important to value each other's opinion, take time to kind of understand where the other person is. And I think honestly doing a prenup actually brought us way closer, which sounds strange, but it was something that was, was important. It's just like talking about your intimacy, like having those conversations are awkward, they're hard, but not having them is just as bad. Oh my gosh. I love that. And thank you so much for sharing your story and some of those things you went through. And I think money is one of those key foundational things to um, have the conversations about. It, it is a major reason why people lose that heightened sense of libido for sure. And that ability to get excited for each other and know that you're not competing against each other. Like you're in it together and to be really excited. I, Matt has been my biggest support in starting this business. And I definitely wouldn't have done it if he wasn't like, I know you can do this, jump, go. So I think that that's so powerful to be able to appreciate each other and get excited and have those deeper, uncomfortable conversations and know that Hey, talking about finances is also a really important thing to do because money and sex are the two things that people get really uncomfortable and they're at the foundation of so many aspects yeah. of relationships. So yeah. And having those conversations, you know, about, you know, intimacy, about money, all of those things that make up a relationship, there's always a, it's really about how you look at it. It's not, it should never be, you should always have an open mind, I think, about having a conversation and be realistic that the other person may have the complete opposite thought than you do and it doesn't make it wrong. It just means that you're in a different space or you grew up differently or all of these things. And so having that, that grace, I think makes the difference in a relationship, that understanding that you, you don't need to be right all the time and sometimes you are right and it's okay to have those conversations as well, but more so like be open to change and be open to the journey and the fact that 
moving forward in your relationship, things are going to change your, you know, your experiences from this point on are based off of a lot of the experiences you've had in the past. But moving forward, we have such a long life. So if you're stuck in this, this is how it was, this is how it's always going to be. That's, I think, a big mind shift and a big game changer in relationships. If you're open to change and flexibility, and that doesn't mean you have to stand down every time that, a, you know, something or conflict happens, but being open to, hey, I listened to you, I understood where you were coming from in this scenario, and vice versa, I think that is the building block of a good relationship. I love that. Well, we're so excited for you, and we're sending you so much love for your wedding this weekend. <laughs> this is so exciting. We hope it doesn't rain. I mean, we do hope <laughs> it rains, but we don't. Like, whatever happens is meant to happen, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> totally. It's going to be fine either way. I mean, isn't it like good for it to like good luck if it rains? It is. Yes. Supposedly. So, there we go. Let it pour. <laughs> um, well, I would so, so love for you to share. What are a couple ways? We'll definitely put the link um, to your download, but what are some other ways that we can connect with you um, if people have questions or some things that they want to spend more time with you on? Sure. So first off, thank you so much. It was so fun to chat with you. Um, the best way for like simple conversation as always is Instagram. So Dr. Zen NMD is my handle. Feel free to send me a message if you need anything. On the link in my bio, you can find everything. My website, how to connect with me, how to you know, do a free 15-minute consult with me. Uh, if you have questions or you're like, hey, I'm interested in this, would you be a good fit? I always tell patients it's all about kind of finding those people that you connect with and that's the most important. So I love offering those because you can really find out, are we a good match? Are we not? Um, how can I serve you? How can I support you? Maybe it's with me, maybe it's with someone else. So those are really fun. Um, my website is nmdwellnessofscottsdale.com. Um, everything you can find on Instagram. So whatever's easier, but yeah, I'm so excited to, to chat with you. Uh, well, thank you so much for joining us. We so appreciate it and so much gratitude to this container and our guides for holding the space. And we can't wait to connect and chat more soon. There's so many things that I, we could keep going on, but we'll have to wrap it up today with that. So thank you. Thanks so much for joining me today. If you loved this episode, I deeply appreciate you subscribing and leaving a five-star review. Come join me online at soulsaturations.com or follow me on Instagram at soulsaturations. Feel free to slide into my DMs anytime and let me know what you love, what resonates, or any questions that you might have. And remember, only you can activate the light within.